Hey there, it's Alowin, better known as the voice behind Averin, with a word from our sponsor. This session brought to you in part by Fiverr, the best place to find freelance services for your business. Whether you're in the market for commissioned art, or even script writing, which I probably should have utilized prior to recording this so I didn't have to do it six times, you can find on Fiverr. It's a whole world of freelance available right at your fingertips with options for every budget. Find high quality services at every price point, no hourly rates, and just project-based pricing. You'll find quality work done quickly with the right freelancer to begin working on your project within minutes. Your payments are protected every time. Always know what you'll pay up front and your payment isn't released until you approve the work. And know that Fiverr has your back with 24 seven support. Not in the market for services, but looking to augment your own income? Fiverr is powered by freelance artists just like you. So sign up today at Fiverr.com. That's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If Hello, you haven't heard everyone. of it yet, Good Pods is and like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing quest. really fast. Bottom there set. are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is CJ, impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters seven. to see what they like. That is the number one Six. way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. Each of your rooms. Warming the air with healthy spring air. The sound of nearby crashing waves in the nearby sea. Fill your room with a softness that wakes each of you with a gentleness. What do you think each of your characters would be doing in the morning? And let me know if you also feel like your characters would wake up before the sun. Go ahead and do this in order and start with Freddy. Uh, I think Freddy would be, uh, one would be making sure that he's properly attuned to the item. Uh, if he do. And also, I feel like he would be just kind of passing the time. Uh, practicing some songs, stuff like that. Kind of lost in thought, I would say, while just looking out the window. Awesome. Would you feel like you would be doing this in the privacy of your room or your balcony? Or would you say you would be possibly doing this in the common area, which is located just outside of your rooms. It's still very br brightly lit, so there's plenty of window seats still available, but it's your call whether you feel like you would be out in the commons or by yourself. I think Freddy would be out in the commons just to, you know, be ready and waiting, uh, trying to put his best foot forward <laughs> for this momentous task. Uh, he already is all packed with his bag and all his belongings. <laughs> Perfect. You are ready bright and early in the morning and passing the time since your small yet important belongings are all ready to go. You sit in the common room playing and enjoying time as it passes. Oriana, how about you? Where would you be in the morning, and would you wake up before the sun rises? Um, so Oriana probably w 
She doesn't sleep very much. Um, she never has. She's always been someone who has too much going on in her head. So she's always doing something. So she's more of a, I'll sleep for maybe an hour or two, get back up, then maybe crash a little bit. So there's a very good chance she uh, fell asleep on the couch while resting after the um, uh, party and was awoken by uh, a concerned handmaiden <laughs> at some point. So she probably went bathed and then once her stuff arrived changed and uh found herself back in the common room as well because she would be just so full of excitement and, and ready for whatever this holds granted she's not showing that per se uh she's probably um she's yeah, probably tinkering with her oh i was just saying if, if she was doing something but she's probably just yeah, she'd definitely head into the common room. Amazing. Cool. So you uh, get awoken by like a, a soft little knock, probably about half an hour before the sun rises. Usually it is uh, enough of a like alarm bell to be woken up by the like natural unblocked light that starts seeping through the room. But you get a little polite knock, uh, knock from one of the servers uh, that you um, that uh, just kind of like does a little knock and then kind of cracks your door open and just says, uh, "Miss uh, Miss uh, Starweaver, um, just wanted to let you know that it is thirty minutes past sunrise. Uh, breakfast should be very soon. Uh, I don't mean to disturb you in any way. I just want to make sure that you are up and ready for your day today." Oriana is um, tending to the rest of her things. She doesn't have much. She only brings the essentials. Um, she's very practical. So I think she is um, putting her bag on her back. And she turns and says, Why, thank you. I do appreciate the uh, concern. Um, thank you for letting me know. Um... I will be joining the others now, um, and I will be seeing you uh, shortly whenever breakfast is ready. Yes, thank you so much. And she does a little, like, head nod as she closes the door and oh. leaves you to your things. Uh, yes? It's, oh, no, not a thing. I was just going to follow you out. Um, I don't particularly feel like staying in here. I've spent far too much time in a singular room in my life. I... It'd be nice to uh, venture a little bit. Oh, yes, of course. So she kind of like pushes your door open about halfway to still give you like a little bit of privacy, but still the freedom to walk out as you're ready to. You walk out, uh, you see uh, Freddy kind of sitting by the window, like playing his... Uh, Freddy, what was your um, uh, musical instrument of choice? Uh, Freddie would be using a lute. A lute, yes, cool. So I was correct. So you walk out and you see Freddie uh, playing a lute by the window. Um, no quite interactions yet. I'm just going to also see what the rest of the party is up to first. Um, whoa, whoa. Uh, what are you doing this fine morning? Do you also wake before the sun rises? 
Uh, Woe is definitely an early riser. She needs to make sure that the uh, area is safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the room she's currently stayed in, however, has been turned into a bit of a nest. She's mm-hmm. all but dismantled the bed and <laughs> curled up blankets to make a... It, it, it looks like a big blanket for her. And she is setting a trap for the first person to walk through the door. Fantastic. What kind of trap is this? Is this a open the door and something comes falling down kind of trap or something more devious? When somebody walks in, I want it to be that she tied some blankets in a circle and she's waiting for somebody to come in so she can pull the rope and lift them up by their feet. Fantastic. So you spend the early hours of the morning as the sun is barely cresting over the the sea out into the distance that you can uh, see just from your window. You have dismembered the curtains, anything possibly that can be considered soft, even like pieces of like softwood are kind of in this like little nest that you've kind of like piled up into like the corner of the room away from the door so that you've kind of got all eyes on the door and then the rest of the room as well. Uh, but you do have this little uh, contraption set up in front of the door. Um, why don't you give me a, a dexterity check just for the uh, how well of a trap you've made? If you happen to have proficiency in like tinkerer's tools or any kind of like something that would be like considered crafty, you can go ahead and add your proficiency bonus on top of that. Um, I I am not proficient in crafty. I am proficient in survival. And nature, and can I argue that this this trap is something you would use in both of those scenarios? Absolutely. You can go ahead and make that argument and you will succeed. So you can go ahead and, uh, if you'd like to make it a survival check, you can go ahead and do that. Okay, I will, because I got a really good survival check. That is 15 plus 7 to 22. Jesus Christ. Okay, yes. Awesome. 22. So it's a... It's it's a great it's a really well made trap. You've made traps like this before to help catch friends, foes, food, all of the above. Uh, so you you know what to do. You set it up just right. You kind of like loop a rope over the chandelier so it kind of like reaches over to you in your nest over in the corner and perfectly is settled in front of the door. And you just making sure i'm clear here you're not leaving the room until somebody comes in to come and get you and then in that response would spring into the trap correct um it depends uh at this point of the day would i hear the violet or the the what was it a fiddle uh give me give me a perception check it's really low dc though uh, is eight good enough? Eight is good enough, yes. You can hear the lute playing from the room out in front. Uh, it's, uh, however, it would only take about a half an hour of time from since the sun rose to when one of the servants or the handmaidens actually would come over to knock on your room. So if you feel like you would 
be in your room for 30 minutes of time waiting for somebody while you hear uh, some uh, like lute music playing. And then um, you also hear towards the end of that, some doors start to kind of open up as well. I, I hear my door opening or just not door your door. It would be like other doors nearby opening up. Okay. Then I'm always 100% curious about music. She, she's fallen into a lot of traps because people were playing mm -hmm. music and she is a sucker for it. Absolutely. So, okay. So yeah, you would hear, if you hear the music and you feel like you are my boy to, to <laughs> find the source of the sound. And I'm it going is to all bring my familiar. own, uh, uh, I have a viol. So I'll be bringing that with me. Hopefully join the music. Fantastic. Absolutely. So you, uh, I would probably give it maybe a, a good five to eight minutes that you, I feel like you last in your room as you're kind of like waiting to see if someone comes to knock on your door before you are uh, driven to go and check uh, to see uh, like a, who is playing the music. Uh, yeah, breakfast will be set up at a dinner table downstairs. No, no, I set it up. In my oh, room, said like I have a, a oh. place for you know for the track. Oh yes, yeah. So you've and still I got will, all I of will that. Abandon that. Cool. Do you abandon that? But it is still ready for use if you feel like you needed to take a step back into your room for anything. And if anyone follows, it's there. So you know that it's there and yeah. uh, ready for use. You walk out after about fifteen minutes of waiting. Um, you see uh, Oriana and Freddy out there. Click clack. What do you feel like you would be doing in the morning? And do you feel like you would be up before the sun rises? Um, click clack. Having gone through everything that he had gone through the previous night mm -hmm. <laughs> between leaving his son behind the journey to this party uh <laughs> learning that he is one of seven chosen he still doesn't quite grasp that concept uh meeting in cena uh click clack did not go to bed <laughs> instead uh just in a panic to have control over something, has been removing all of the uh, leaves and paper straps and everything from his cloak and has fallen asleep in the middle of this task and is on the floor leaning against the bed with a cloak half over him, still covered here and there with some of the leaves and did not rise with the sun. <laughs> Fantastic. So you did not go to sleep. You uh, uh, instead were kind of like picking through your room and things like that and kind of keeping your mind distracted. Um, do you feel like you would have gotten anything as far as like any kind of sleep or anything of that nature? He would have uh, gotten some, but not a lot. Cool. What I'm going to go ahead and ask for then is I'm going to go ahead and ask for a constitution saving throw, please. Absolutely. Let's see what my constitution is. 
if you want. Bye. I have a plus two to constitution saving throws. Amazing. Alright, so that's going to be a 17. Awesome. So you push through the night and the adrenaline and memories of, and all of these emotions that have just happened just within these last 24 hours. You're watching your son who has been very sick for a very long time, finally start to eat a little bit more, giving you a little bit of sense of security, going to this party for some, un, you know, like to possibly find a cure for him, only to find the cure has been stolen and you are officially been chosen to go on this journey that wasn't necessarily predetermined but is important to not only you but everybody you manage to push through the night and you do not gain a level of exhaustion Ooh. i know i've oh, taken yes. that risk <laughs> yes great risk uh, it's a good risk um I just want to make it aware for everybody, since this is the first time that it has come up in the campaign, not only for our audience, but our players as well. Exhaustion and the effects of exhaustion will be something that we will be dealing with quite heavily over the course of this campaign. So expect to see it uh, often. So, whoa, after, I mean, not whoa, I apologize, click clack. After staying up all night, kind of like picking through the room and kind of like trying to keep your mind as distracted as possible, is there anything that you feel like you would be looking for in specific in the room? Like anything of like value or like anything possibly that you would maybe find interesting as a person? Um, I don't think click clack is particularly looking for anything really mostly just trying to <laughs> keep his mind from wandering too much because if it does he might just quit and go back to his son a hundred percent so i'm gonna score over the course of the night as well go ahead and give me an investigation check and go ahead and do that with advantage because i'm just going to is just one course of the night. It's basically like looking twice. So it's just advantage. Okay, cool. Okay, with advantage, that's a 19. Awesome. So you are, are doing your best to try and keep yourself like distract, kind of like the room just to see if, if there's anything you kind of let your mind off things. Most of the drawers in here are fairly empty. It's a long-standing guest room that's hardly ever or used in any way, shape, or form. But you do happen to find a couple of like little tiny things in here. Find like ten gold like lying around like here in there kind of like tucked between the sheets and other things along that you find a like uh little like gold like chain that has a like 
small like as well it's got like a, a uh like green and it is encased in like a gold kind of like fancy uh like outline like a burr of a uh or frame to do this like green gel of it um and you and uh, also, you, uh, as you're searching around and looking out on the balcony, trying to keep yourself distracted, you also see um, the same berries uh, that you gathered for your son just the morning before. <gasps> How dare you! <laughs> How many of these berries did you find? You find a good couple of bunches. You see about five different bunches, and there's like pretty hefty bunches, like about five berries, six berries each. Click <sighs> uh, Clack is going to take. Uh, four of the bunches and put them in his bag and then he's just going to like he sits down and he eats the last bunch and cries absolutely you sit you think you are eating these berries slowly knowing these are your fa your son's favorite berries thinking about how quickly can we make this mission successful so that we can get back to him. And as you're eating these berries, the sun is slowly starting to rise and you're seeing the rays streaking through your uh, bedroom window. At around six o'clock, 6.15, you start to hear some uh, lute music playing uh, in the common room right outside of uh, your bedrooms. I think Click Clack would go and see where the music was coming from. He wouldn't say anything, but he would go check it out. Amazing. So you uh, open your door, take a step or so out, and you see uh, Freddy sitting over by the window playing his lute uh, with Oriana and Woe out there as well. Um... My queen, Melano, what would you be doing in the early morning? So Melano, I would have been up far before her children rise on this particular day. I do think she had a restless sleep, um, but she wakes up and there's an exhilaration in her. And so I think the first thing she would do was um does the the castle grounds have like a sparring room or somewhere that she could practice absolutely. her fighting skills okay absolutely so there is a uh kind of like an arena that is set up kind of just in your backyard you know that uh, both of your eldest children both janice and freya use these sparring areas 
quite frequently uh probably as a way to like get out a lot of their like sibling rivalry and tiffs as well uh it is mostly kind of like a uh soft training area so a lot of the like uh swords and things have been blunted and a lot of the sharper more like fiercer like spears or javelins uh all have like what looks like cork on the end of them to keep them from like doing any like super serious damage uh but there are like little like wooden like dummies that are kind of like set up and things of that nature for you to kind of like go and like do some warm-ups Okay, perfect. That's what she would do, first and foremost. I imagine it's still dark, and she would sneak outside. And she has intention to visit her children later, of course, before she joins the others. But um, the first thing she does is she goes to um, maybe one of the dummies first. And I feel like she would strike it once. And feel nothing. <laughs> and then, like, something has awoken in her. She'll strike it again with more force than she was expecting herself to use. Incredible. Um, would you be uh, using your um, weapon to hit it? Yes, I sure can. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and give me an attack roll? Okay, we will do that. Actually, is it okay if uh, she she uses ram instead? Absolutely. Okay, my attack roll. Sixteen. Sixteen, that hits. Go ahead and roll damage. One. One. So this is all warming up. You're kind of starting to get into the use. It's been a long time since you've had to do anything like this. You've had to kind of put your mind in that kind of subset, but actually physically doing something, it's been a while. So it takes a second for your, like, body to kind of like warm up like you hit it that's a great thing you got it but the damage the like output behind it it's like something you are like all right all right we can do a little bit better this next time would you go ahead and give me one more attack roll on this uh wooden dummy sure thing Okay, to hit, that's 21. Absolutely. Go ahead and roll damage. <laughs> She's, like, determined now. Um, yeah. She hasn't, she hasn't really truly gotten a chance to spar since the birth of her youngest. And that, she tries again, she takes a deep breath, and it is one damage once more. Absolutely. Okay, so you strike it again. A lot harder this time. You're like, I'm gonna, I'm going to just like try as best as I possibly can to just try and like hit this thing. 
and like it's still like just like one damage coming out of this and you hear uh, a little bit of a chuckle coming from like over your shoulder she immediately whips around you whip around and you see Inzina standing there <laughs> Hello. Um, <laughs> so Encina's watching um, the queen struggle a little bit with her uh, with her sparring this morning, and uh, she chuckles and she goes, "You having a little bit of trouble over there?" Oh, you know how it goes. Early morning struggles. <laughs> she laughs and she tries to hide her like I guess disappointment as she walks away from the dummy and she's regarding Encina curiously have you come to to spar yourself well yeah I was feeling a bit restless this morning so I figured I'd you know walk around stretch my legs a little bit and then I I happened to hear some uh some funny noises going on over here and i found out you know i see this whole sparring arena and then i see you so i figured i might as well come say hello restless i know how that feels she uh she smiles at encino um you know what's better way to get ready for what's to come ahead than to practice for it um you're welcome to join me, unless you wanted alone time today. Nah, you know what? I think having a having a sparring partner would be just fine. I mean, I think it would be a good idea to kind of know, kind of get to know each other's strengths and weaknesses anyway. So, uh, yeah, why not? You know what? Since you're not having so much of an easy time with that dummy, how about uh, how about you and I go against each other and see what we can do? You want to fight the queen? <laughs> Why not? Might be my first and last chance. I can't fight your husband and put him in the ground. So not that I want to put you in the ground. I want to make that very clear. I'm just saying I can't put him in the ground. So, <laughs> you know, even if you wanted to put me in the ground, there's worse things you could do. And she chuckles <laughs> and she, um, she's smiling really big at that. Um, and slowly, she's going to nod. Like, I couldn't okay. think of a better sparring partner. <laughs> awesome. We All got right. a uh, spar. So, uh, actually, will you two go ahead and roll initiative for me? Yeah, absolutely. Let me just dump out my dice. Now, you're welcome to keep this to, like, you know, I'm not going to say, like, bring out your swords, bring out your axes, <laughs> bring out your glaives. That's a little much. <laughs> bring out your dead. <laughs> bring out your dead. <laughs> bring, bring them out. So, so what I'll, I will allow is a choice between you two is you can do a 
fist slash ram fight. So this is going to be like all like uh, unarmored, like all <laughs> like uh, open hand. Or you can go for the uh, like the blunted objects. And with each hit, it's just going to just do a uh, two damage like for each hit. Um, I'm partial to the unarmed fight. I don't. I think for Encina, fighting against, like, this is kind of like a preliminary thing. So I don't think she'd bring out the objects just yet. Mm -hmm. um, so for Encina, I think it would be an armed. But what do you think, um, my, your highness? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I'm for unarmed. Let's take it easy this morning. We've got a big, we want to save our energy. But not, we, sure. we also need to, uh, to test ourselves. So let's do it unarmed. <laughs> That's very true. And I got initiative seven. Oh my god! I have got a nine! I'm so <laughs> fucking oh god. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tie. Um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, I got a nine. So <laughs> do with that what you want, CJ. <laughs> oh god, so you guys are have tied initiative. Right. God. Um, Who has the higher decks between the two of you? Okay. Uh, higher decks. Decks. I do do do. I've got a zero. So. I. For for plus to decks. Yeah. Oh, I've got a thirteen with plus one. Cool. So plus one. So that would mean uh, Noah, you go first. Okay. So, <laughs> Noah. Looks at Encina and she's tr she's already frustrated <coughs> by not hitting these dummies the way she quite expected to, the way she used to be able to. So she kind of takes another breath, and now we're going to roll the hit, or yes, roll the hit. Oh. Okay, that's a Fuck. twenty. <laughs> yeah, that beats my armor class for sure. We, we are fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> No, I said oh, I've got meat in front of me now. <laughs> it's real Amazing. stakes now. <laughs> so you hit, so you can go ahead and do that uh, unarmed damage if you want to, or, or would you rather just keep this like a like two-hit situation, kind of like just keep it like almost like tag, but like more aggressive in a way? We're out on the field playing tag, you're it. We're playing rugby. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Please. Okay. okay, so you hit, you hit. You're welcome to do damage if you'd like. Um, so... No way, I don't think, like, wants to necessarily hurt Encina. So she got a one. <laughs> <laughs> one. One whole damage. Uh, we one love whole one damage. whole damage. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. Um, I think you only doesn't... have one action. Unless you have anything like bonus you want to do. Uh, she'd like to just kind of <sighs> and then smile and shake her head. Oh, we're just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Mandy, so where doesn't does no way hit Encina anywhere specifically, or is it just like she's like, just. I think I think she would like 
softly like to her stomach <laughs> like, a, like a little <laughs> like a gentle um, ram to her stomach <laughs> i love that um yeah so encina's gonna um like when she like after she hits her she's gonna like playfully grab her stomach and go well damn you were not sort of the dummies than you were to me what the hell is this i don't this don't seem like no sportsmanship to me but the whole time encina's like grinning from ear to ear <laughs> Oh, stop it. You don't have to do that for me. <laughs> I ain't doing nothing. What you see is what you get, Johannes. <laughs> this is just me out of the package. <laughs> oh, is it? It is indeed. I'd hate to let you see what you are inside of it. <laughs> oh my goodness, my highness. Are you flirting with me? <laughs> and see, I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed, but... <laughs> Let's get back to the fight. <laughs> All right, all right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So Encina is going to. Um, is it Encina's turn, or am I jumping the gun? Sorry. It is your turn. Okay, so Encina is going to roll the hit. Are you shitting my nuts? That's another nine. Oh, <laughs> I'm assuming that doesn't hit. No, probably not. I think, uh, no. what is your, uh, AC? Melano? Melanoi? Oh, wait, wait, I'm an idiot. Um, I have a plus five to hit. I'm an idiot. So that becomes, that becomes a 14. Beautiful. What is your AC, Noe? Okay, Noe's AC is 11. 11, so okay. it does hit. Cool. Um, yeah, so I think um, Encina's gonna go um, I think Encina's just gonna go for like a like a punch to the shoulder. And like, mm. not too hard, but like you know, let me let me see what damage that does. Oh, no. <laughs> That's four damage. You do, uh, you're, you're trying your best to do a nice, like, little softy. You don't necessarily want to hurt the queen too much. But you're also a Goliath, so, like, yeah. soft for you isn't 100% soft to a satyr. So, yeah. four damage from Ugh. that one. You are welcome to continue the back and forth if you'd like. You both got some hits on each other, <laughs> or you can call it even Stevens. <laughs> um, uh, Mandy, do we want to say that they like maybe go back and forth with this for a little while and then eventually tucker each other out? Yes, they had a good early morning spar before going their separate ways there, but <laughs> Noah definitely like rubs at her shoulder, but she's smiling. She goes, oh, you're not going easy on me. I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Johannes, like I said, what you get out of the package is what you get. So, and you, you know, I think you should know what you're dealing with. I think I should know what I'm dealing with. And uh, I'm quite impressed with someone who's lived behind these walls for so long, so... And it's not easy to impress me, so. Well, we'll have to see how you feel once we're outside of them. No. I think we should call this even Stevens, as I believe they, they call it, out, outside the castle walls. 
<laughs> outside the <laughs> yeah like what them what them dang on kims are saying these days yeah i hear you absolutely <laughs> well your highness you have a wonderful morning and i will see you when i see you i'll see you when i see you <laughs> you're all good <laughs> So you guys uh, part ways on good terms after our two, uh, I would say, uh, two hardier characters amongst our crowd, or at least two of our hardier characters, do a little bit of pre-sunrise warm-up and sparring before they split off and Melanoe goes to uh, check on her children and make sure that they are up and dressed and ready for breakfast. As Encina, you head back to your room to finish packing the last of your very few things together. Um, Encina, you do run into the rest of uh, the crew that's currently in that little common area. Freddy, Oriana, Woe, and Clack are currently out there. Um, but our last, uh, hero, uh, Freya, what would you be doing early in the morning and would you wake before the sun rises? Uh, Freya's definitely up before the sun rises. Um, and I think he, like his mother, had gone to the sparring courts. Um, but I think he is also kind of looking for... Felix. Okay. Go ahead. Uh and um give me a perception check. Perception okay. That's an eighteen. Okay, and this is before the sun rises, right? Yeah. Amazing. So you get up out of bed, kind of stretch before the sun rises, kind of get up, and your plan is to kind of like walk around and find uh, General Felix McCuster. Uh, you do a little bit of searching, but he has been in service of your family for long enough that you know that he is probably in your youngest brother's room. Uh, the general often tends to the children in the early hours of the morning to allow the queen extra rest in the morning to make sure that the children who decide to wake way before the sun is up don't bother the king or the queen and don't touch anything or break anything. So you walk over in the general direction of your siblings' rooms. <coughs> And you see your youngest brother, Pluto's door open, and you see Felix in there. Uh, he is standing in the middle of the room, has Pluto currently cradled in one arm while holding a baby bottle in the other one, kind of like bouncing him like up and down while kind of feeding him and looking down at him. Uh, and, uh, he immediately notices you as you walk into the room, uh, doesn't stop doing what he's doing, uh, as Pluto is happy and content in his arms, and he's like, ah, young prince, good morning, you are, you're up, uh, 
before the sun. As I usually am. Uh, yes, usually, but, uh, it, it is quite a long journey you have before you today. You know, I would have hoped maybe you would have gotten a little bit more sleep for yourself, but, uh, I mean, of course, old habits die hard, right? Yes. How can I help you, young prince? He, he's kind of looking at Felix, and though this is not a sight that he hasn't seen before, he's very used to this. Um, he's rather deep in thought, and he is like... Well... McCuster. And, and you can see the thoughts bouncing behind his eyes. Like, he wants to say one thing, but something else is in his brain. And he looks at him and goes, Care to give me one last fight before I go? He uh, looks at you. Um, just give me a persuasion check. Not a very okay. high DC. That's a dirty 20. He looks at you and looks back down at Pluto seeing that the bottle is almost finished and that Pluto is nearly asleep in his arms after an early morning with a very young child and he's like see you there in five alright uh, and he goes and grabs his stuff to go to the sparring courts um and he's kind of, he's using his glaive to hit some of the dummies, but he's using like the flat side of the blade as to not destroy them. Mm -hmm. So this, uh, your training area, like your fields and stuff are rather large, but it's not incredibly extensive. So uh, as you're out here, um, uh, kind of like waiting around for about a couple of minutes, you see um, Felix walk out, and he, um, you know, childless, and um, walks out and over to the court of your choosing. He uh, takes off the green vest that he already has on, which is, like, just kind of, like, his normal, everyday, like, outfit uniform. He takes that off. Uh, and he's just has the long, billowy, white, uh, long sleeve shirt underneath. And he's like, all right, pick your weapon. Um, so before he shows up, I think Freya's going to attempt. He is not calm and is not exactly happy in this moment 
And I think he wants to attempt to channel Wrath for the first time in a very long time. Absolutely. Um, what does that do for you, my friend? So, though I already have it for practicing Glaive for most of my life, it would give me Glaive proficiency, um, and it would it gives me mindless rage. So I, it allows me to go into a rage. Um, awesome. Incredible. I love that. And for those listening, Freya is a homebrew class called a Channeler uh, with the subclass of the Sphere of Emotions that we are debuting in this little campaign that we're doing. Um, and with that, I would like to enter a rage. Absolutely. As so you can I, go ahead and do that free combat. Um, and I would like to grab one of the blunted swords as I will not be using my glaive against him. Okay, so you grab one of the uh, blunted swords. Um, he does the same. He walks over and grabs a blunted long sword. Uh, he, as he also places down his sword hilt and sword off to the side as well, kind of like next to your glaive, just as a, you know, we're putting our all of our weapons down here. Uh, you see it like a very beautiful like silver sword with beautiful carvings down it uh beautiful leather wrapped around the uh, handle and the hilt um it's kind of got a like uh cross on it's a cross hilt so it's just got uh, like the bar that goes across uh and uh attached to like the bottom uh towards the pommel of this sword, you see uh, the puka shells that are uh, have been more recently uh, attached to his sword collection. He seems to be like accessorizing a little bit and keeping things like kind of like personal uh, for like the royal family to just show his allegiance here. So he puts that off to the side and grabs a blunted long sword, uh, stands out into the middle of the ring with his sword down at his side and not in any kind of like starting fighting stance this is something that felix commonly does with you is he does not start in a stance he starts with the sword facing down uh the to the ground and at his side and he motions his hand at you like let's spar go ahead and roll initiative Alrighty. Got a seven. He does go first. So yeah. he uh so this uh uh to reiterate again just for you, Derek, is these blunted weapons on a successful hit, they just do a flat two damage mm -hmm. with each hit. Um so he is going to go and run up uh to you. Uh like with his sword down at his side he's going to just take one hit for now what is your ac 14 14 so first attack he ends up swinging and missing 
Uh, but he is going to go ahead and use his second attack to try and at least get one hit on you. Uh, and does exactly get a 15 on the nose. Okay. Uh, so he does do one hit for two damage. Um, and then it is your turn. He's still right in front of you. He hasn't disengaged or stepped away in any way, shape, or form. He is within striking range. I think Freya is going to take an attack, but he is going. How does Freya want to do this? He is going to take the attack, but I think he stutters a bit. The, the rage is a little overpowering to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he can't focus enough. Mm-hmm. And I think this attack actually is going to be a disadvantage. Okay, of course. That is a... The lower one... What is the plus for the sword? Uh, the long sword plus... I don't have that up for now. Let's just call it a plus five. Okay, it would be an 18 to hit. Okay, that hits. Um, so you do two damage to, uh, Felix, uh, as he, uh, kind of just, where do you feel like you're gonna, like, or or try to strike him? Um, torso, legs, body? I think, I think Freya, like, due to the distractingness of the rage that he's in, I think he... Full power swings at Felix's chest. Okay. You swipe across his chest, just kind of hitting him. You just hit his AC at 18, and uh, you slice down, seeing that there is, like, a small, like, very thin, like, scratch that goes down his body uh in front of his chest you can see the shirt itself rips a little bit as you do this a little bit of blood starts to kind of soak into the shirt but it's really not that deep it's very much like a scratch uh you know that these don't do incredibly dangerous damage but it it does do a nice little like hefty bit of damage sometimes um so you go ahead and you do that he then is going to go ahead and come at you again. Uh, That is going to hit. uh, That's a natural 12 plus his attack bonus. Um, So it's two damage on that one. He is not going to take his second attack, uh, and it is your turn. Well, I don't think... Freya has necessarily noticed the blood at this point. I think he's going to take another attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is a seven to hit. 
Um, which doesn't. No. Um, and I think the sword slips out of his hand. And I think at that moment, when the hilt leaves his hand, so does all the rage. And I think the channel on Wrath also slips. So you lose your grip on the sword and just kind of the... You know, you're usually so skilled at this. You you pride yourself at being better than your brother, at priding yourself at being the better fighter and knowing you're the better fighter. Standing here on the precipice of a journey to a location you have only dreamed of going, sparring here with Felix just feels... It just feels like too much preparation in a way and you are like overthinking your steps and overthinking your moves because you've got so much ahead of you to overthink and to overdo that your sword slips out of your hand and the general felix he places the tip of his sword on your chest and he's like you better hang on tighter to that glaive I think in that moment, Felix sees the little kid that he saw the first time Freya snuck out. That little kid that experienced the outer world before he was ready. And I think he sees that the wrath wasn't actually rage, but fear. He drops the sword uh, that was pointed at you to his side, takes a step forward, and puts a hand, uh, his free hand, on your shoulder and kind of turns you out to face the forest beyond the walls. You see the wall and the forest beyond the wall and the distant sea that you've your whole life growing up he stares out into the distance with you and he's like I won't be there to protect you or to come and get you this time out of whatever trouble you may find yourself in but it gives me great warmth to know that your mother will be at your side she is a fierce warrior and i hope you get the opportunity to see her in her prime and i know that this is as equally exciting for you as it is terrifying but we both know that you are greater than these walls greater than your father greater than your brother and that anything in these walls is just going to hold you back. And out there is a chance for you to grow, to see, to learn, to become.
I think in a small voice, which is surprising for the size of Freya, he just goes, What if, what if it was wrong? What if it was wrong, Dad? He moves his hand from the shoulder closest to his and slides it over across your back to give you more of a, like, side hug. And he's like, It's a fucking rock from space. There's no way it's wrong. And you've got so much to prove. I see that in you. I always have. Now it's time for you to go out there and show everybody else. What if I can't protect her? If something were to happen, I know deep in my heart you would have done anything to help her, and that is enough. The world out there is dangerous. This island is dangerous, young prince. You know this. You've seen pieces of it. Peter has seen pieces of it. So I definitely fear for both of you, but you are strong and you are smart and you are charming. I don't think there's anything that you two can't do. And he kind of squeezes you in a little tighter. I think... He, at this point, hugs McCuster. He hugs you deeply, like a, like, this is the fa- this is the hug you always wished your father would give, but you know that it only comes from the general. It's a hug you've received multiple times over. It is the calm in the storm. It is the middle of the hurricane. It is peace. It is strength. It is wisdom. And I think I don't even think he realizes he asks this question. But I think McCuster would hear him go Why couldn't you have been my father? He kind of it doesn't break the hug but slips one of his hands up to kind of like give your hair a little bit of a tussle and he's like because at the end of the day the blood of the covenant is thicker than the waters of the womb. I think 
He smiles and kind of like bumps his forehead against Felix's in the way that like a young, a young ram would to them and he goes I hope that Kaivalya and Dream and all of them watch over you and my siblings while I'm gone. And may the gods look down on you and always remain smiling as he puts his hand on the back of your neck and places your foreheads together. You feel a small, like, not quite a burning, but a tingling sensation in the connection between your foreheads. As he lets go and pulls back, as your sparring match comes to a close, the sun is rising. Uh, no perception check needed. You were a little too in the moment with your battle currently to realize that in just the um, sparring arena to your side uh, is Encina and your mother also finishing uh, what looks like their own sparring match. Mm -hmm. well, perhaps we should get some breakfast. Uh, yes, let's uh, let's uh, let's put some food in our stomachs before you have to take off for the night or day, whatever. And he starts to walk off, uh, still with you, with his hand uh, on the back of your neck, uh, like a father would place on their child as they continue to walk in. As you all enjoy the morning sun uh, bursting in through the windows and enjoying each other's company, uh, about 45 minutes after the sun has fully risen, you all start to smell the smell of wonderfully cooked breakfast. You smell uh, baked goods coming out of the oven. You smell bacons. You smell sausages. You smell like fruits and jams and honeys and fresh baked breads and all of these like wonderful delicious things there's like roasted mushrooms and as you all kind of follow your nose and follow the scent after a long and eventful night a hearty breakfast is just what is needed to kickstart your day and to kickstart your adventure as you all sit down in the royal dining hall which is located just adjacent of the um, main hall that you uh, all had your party in the night before you all are kind of sitting around enjoying your meals is uh there is the king is there uh, also enjoying the meal general mccuster is there uh, enjoying the meal as well as the king and queen's children. All of the children are here, except for the youngest. Uh, Pluto is currently asleep at the moment. 
Um, and, uh, is there anything that you would like to discuss over breakfast, specifically between each other? Uh, after breakfast, you'll be getting kind of more of a, uh, what to expect next as the adventure starts. Um, I think before she goes into the kitchen, or the dining areas, I should say, I think Oriana um, will pull someone from the staff aside and um, uh, kind of brings her closer to maybe a wall and says, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to bother you. Um, I just wanted to ask, when... My things were brought to me. Was there a message or anything from my parents? Um, oh, yes, uh, there was. Give me one moment. And she um, walks off and uh, she um, goes into a room that's just kind of like down the hall a little bit. She comes back with a small uh, brown parcel wrapped package. Uh, with a small note on top of it. Ah. A present. That seems fitting for them. Thank you. I greatly appreciate this. Of course, of course. And the, uh, the handmaiden does a little bow. Uh, very, very respectful, very quiet, meek uh, person you pulled over is also just very sweet in general. Uh, you take a look at the notes and everything. Everything is plain but beautiful. Uh, very beautiful script written across it with your full name uh, on the card. You open up the card to some beautiful calligraphy. Uh, and um, inside the note just says, Dearest Daughter, we hope you the safest of journeys on your newest adventure. Please be sure to message us any opportunity you get to ensure that you are safe, to ensure that you are fed, and to ensure that you are well. We are very anxious for your return, and we hope all goes well. Best, Mom and Dad. I think Oriana there's a sad smile on her face as she reads that because she knows they mean well but she can hear the suffocating tones in their voices as she reads it and even so as she reads she feels their hands on her shoulder just tightly squeezing to remind her that they're there, but for once she would like to face this battle ahead without their aid. But she also can't say no to it. So I think she folds it up and places it in her bag. And then she kind of looks around before she begins unwrapping the package. You look around, uh, there is really nobody uh, around you at the moment. Um, 
the handmaiden has left and everybody is also kind of walking off to either finish their packings or walk off to breakfast. You open up your small parcel and inside you see uh, two separate things. The first one is a uh, set of gold tinkering tools. These are upgraded tools compared to the ones that you have in your uh, workspace to go or workspace in a bag. Um, these uh, tinkering tools have a plus one attached to them. So whenever you make a like tinkering check, not only will you add your dex and your proficiency bonus, you're going to go ahead and add an additional one on top of that whenever you do any kind of tinkering checks. And the other thing that is in that box is your second Mockingjay that you never fully finished, but you always kind of work on the same project in like two or three or four different variations to just kind of get like a consistency down to see if something goes wrong in one, you've got one pretty much up to par or fairly close to it that you could just hop over to to kind of continue your work. So they send you what is your second most completed Mockingjay. It just needs a couple of alterations and then you will have a secondary Mockingjay at your disposal. Awesome. I think she smiles at the thoughtfulness because she knows they mean well and they truly love her, but Sometimes, in their protectiveness, she forgets that they're not wardens, they are her parents, and even though it doesn't feel like they know her, they, in their own strange way, do. So I think she smiles at the thought that they were thinking of her enough to give her another set of tools, to give her her other Mockingjay that she wanted to have done sooner, but is glad she has it to play with and now she can work on it on the road and hopefully see it be better than her original design. So I think she puts these things away and feels a bit more confident as she heads towards the dining room. Maybe this smile still doesn't quite meet her eyes and she doesn't quite seem to have the same excitement she did when the others saw her in the common room, but there's a bit of determination in her now that I think will be a bit of a surprise to those around her. Beautiful. Uh, and then is there anything else anyone would like to do before the breakfast period starts as well? I would like to play music with R. Absolutely. I would like to play music harder with Whoa. I would and... like to play music the hardest. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn. <laughs> we pop okay. it off. Okay, so this is uh, opposed performance checks. <laughs> from the sound of it. We're basically, like, <laughs> just circling each other, playing menacingly. Oh, God, I'm actually really bad at performance, and that makes sense. <laughs> it's it's go. not it's not about the performance, it's about the intimidation. 
Alone, you know what? I'm pretty good, but uh, in front of people, I'm nervous. 23 for Freddy. Two-toned Freddy. I got a 12. A 12. A 12. Freddy, what did you get again? One more time. 23. 23. Uh, I'm like playing through tears now. (laughs) Just, yeah. Like, you, it starts as like a, you're playing together. This is beautiful. You're creating wonderful music. You both are creating absolutely wonderful blended music. Woe starts to kind of pick it up a little bit, do something maybe a little bit less basic, a little bit more intricate. Freddy picks up and does something a little bit more intricate. Woe picks up, does something a little bit more. And Freddy, you just kind of take it a little too far and just like full shred. (laughs) You beat me with your guitar. Just like full like electric loop guitar like like full solo like on a 23 you just like you do a fantastic performance together you did great but on the uh, (laughs) comparing the two uh it seems like freddie uh is a little bit more uh seasoned at his instrument compared to whoa Uh, once the the performance is over, uh, Freddie will, uh, like, nod to Woe. It's like, that was really great. It was fun to uh, <laughs> to be challenged by someone. It's been a while since I've duetted with anyone. Um, I am sorry. I I could be better. No, no, no. You did wonderful. It is only through falling down that we improve. Well, you have bested me. My life is yours. Please make it quick. When he says his life is yours, Freddy's like looking around like, oh shit, what? (laughs) I didn't expect this turn. Uh, Freddy's gonna say, um... In that case, how about you help me out every once in a while by practicing with me? Is that is it? That should be enough. And uh, maybe a hundred gold coins. Any winks. <laughs> <laughs> gold coins? Uh, did you not receive the advance from the king yet? Oh. Uh, ye- yes. This is the delicious uh, trail snack the, the, the king gave us. You've been eating the money. Yes. Uh, it is quite uh, heavy, but <laughs> the, it, it is, uh, how you say, um, yum. You enjoy eating the gold. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to eat another one, like just out of my pocket, right into my mouth. Hundred percent. No, no, no roll. You're good. That's just you don't want like your constitution or something. Go for it. Give me a constitution check. (laughs) Do it now since you've asked. (laughs) I mean, uh, that's uh. There you go. An eighteen. 18. Yeah, you you've chucked down 80 like fucking 53 of these gold coins already. What's 54? Just you just hurl it down your throat 
like it like it's a child very excited to eat a gold coin and forgets to take the wrapper off puts the whole thing in their mouth swallows it whole uh and uh freddie you just watch this happen freddie is gonna be amazed that he has now encountered someone who eats metal <laughs> Uh, he will actually pull out a gold coin himself and start looking at it questioningly. Give me an investigation check. <laughs> the would, this candy. Be, ah. would this be tasty? <laughs> that is the question. Yes. With the intention of, is this tasty? This better be a low DC. <laughs> 15? 15. This is solid gold. Like, there's no, like, you know, you kind of inspect your gold, you kind of, like, pull your gold out of your pocket to, like, kind of double check, and then you kind of, like, look at Woe's hand and, like, compare the two, like, they're the exact same coin, so it is, it is, like, solid gold coin. Uh. Uh, and not very tasty. This is, it's metal. This is metal. <laughs> I wouldn't eat that if I were you, my friend. It's it's not good for you. This is unhealthy? It is. I don't know where you're from, but uh, not everything that tastes good is healthy for you. Sometimes the worst poisons are the sweetest. Uh, well, I shall be more vigilant in eating the poison, yes? Sure. I'll take that. <laughs> Freddy is visibly worried for this for this person. Uh, whoa, give me an insight check. Uh, ooh, I'm actually surprised I heard it insight. Nat 20, boom! Oh hell yeah! You can I read see you like a book. <laughs> I read you. So you you look at uh, Freddy, and they're just kind of like looking at you with this like it seems like a very genuine concern about you eating gold and making sure that you are like well and taken care of. That you are also like entertained and like learn from Freddy uh, and learn along with Freddy in the act of like music and like kind of bettering yourselves and you're getting a very like a warm feeling from this person of just like this person seems to genuinely care about your well-being um like i get the same kind of feeling that i get like from spring Spring is a little bit different in a way. Like, it's, I would say it's probably the most comparable to spring, but to put it in a way I feel like Woe would understand is you feel that feeling harder for spring than you do for Freddy, but it is like the same path. Hmm. I'm going to have to ponder this. Incredible. So you guys have this uh, little battle of the bands moment uh, where you learn something new about each other. Anybody else would like to do anything before breakfast? I think that is a no. So we will move forward 
to breakfast. You all follow your noses into the main hall to see a large spread of the most beautiful foods that Lenloch can provide. There is, uh, as I mentioned before, just bacon and sausages, like tons of eggs and pancakes and fresh cut fruit and like strawberries and chocolate chip strawberries and uh like pieces of like uh protein uh of all different types uh there is like some chicken breasts there are some like pieces of like marinated tofu as well as some uh mushroom skewers and things along those lines uh you also see uh along the lineup as well are some things that are a little bit of the stranger variety, uh, but still delicious nonetheless. You see, um, some, uh, millipede on a stick. It's been roasted over a fire. It's got this really delicious kind of, like, nutty flavor to it. You also see, um, uh, some, like, uh, gourmantula stew kind of in the middle of the table. You see that there are, um, a, uh, like, oh, just a wide variety of not only, uh, like, animal proteins, but as well as, like, bug proteins that are all available to uh, anybody who'd like to eat the bug proteins. Um, uh, just as a quick, like, lore information, uh, is that bug protein is something that is kind of common here on this island. Uh, they discovered that you can get just as much protein, if not more protein, from the creatures that crawl on the floor and also fly in the sky. Uh, and it is a lot easier to harvest and to farm these animals than it is to farm, say, like cattle or things of that nature. So uh, bug protein is something that is very common in the aisles and something you will see throughout the campaign. Fuck yeah, let's get this bug. Go for it. Yeah, you all just kind of come in. The king is in here. The general is in here. Uh, uh, the All of the children are here except for Pluto. Um, uh, and uh, a couple of the also handmaidens are, ki are uh, around and here and available to grab whatever you may want. Um. Um, and there are also two guards at the door, just, just kind of stand by and keep watch. Uh, it does not seem like they are necessarily paying attention to what you're doing. They're just kind of standing there disassociating. Um, feel free to grab whatever you would like to eat. No need to describe what you, uh, ate or unless you specifically wanted to say, uh, I pick this or I pick that. You're welcome to do so. So, um, not necessarily, um, a food-related thing, um, but while all the hubbub is going on, um, Encina is going to flag down one of the handmaidens, um, or just any attendant that's nearby, um, and hand them a folded-up note, um, to give to Eros, and, um, if Eros does read it, or if the handmaidens just decide to throw it away because it's being addressed to the king and, you know, it could have poison in it or whatever. Um, but if Eros does decide to open it, um, it is an elaborately drawn hand with veins and muscles giving him the finger. I just wanted to say that. 
That is incredible. I am for breakfast. I'm here for this. I'm so sorry. Also, <laughs> no. I'm so sorry, CJ. Um, <laughs> question. Like... Yes, yes, Freya. Uh, can I? <laughs> Hold on. This is separate from that. I can't um, hold it in anymore. Can can I see uh, Janice walking with his plate of food? Uh, yes, you can. Um, I would like to minor illusion a hefty portion of his least favorite thing on top of his plate on all of his food. Incredible! I will. Let I will narrate that for you in just a second. Let me narrate this note really yep. quickly because this is ridiculous. I am going to mute because I'm going to be laughing the entire time. Incredible. Will you please give me a persuasion check? <laughs> yes, I will. Uh, I have a plus five to persuasion as well. I'm so happy for me. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. So that is... an 18. An 18. Okay, so you walk up to one of the handmaidens. Uh, you walk up to the one that uh, you recognized from this morning who woke you up. She is also here, uh, just standing around waiting to serve. Uh, you walk up, you're just like, hey... Can you give this note to the king, uh, and uh, or, or however you wish to say that? Um, they take it. Uh, they look at the note. They see that it is addressed to King Eros, and uh, they walk it over to General McCuster. Uh, <coughs> as the royal general, usually all notes go through him before they reach the king. So, General McCuster opens the note, looks at the message. He's going to make a perception check, because I'm sure you're probably watching this note get passed around. He spots you, kind of like snickering, as you're like peering through the table, like putting stuff on your plate. After delivering this note, he looks at it, looks at you, looks back at the note, and then looks at you, folds the note, puts it in the envelope, and then hands it to the king. Ah! I'm gonna fucking die! <laughs> oh my god! Does, does Encina see him do that? Like, take, like, look at it and then give it to him anyway? 100% you see all that. She has, like, a decimal more respect for this man. <laughs> uh, he Being the king's personal attendant... Oh, go ahead, I'm so sorry. No, no, 100%, you're on the right track. Like, yeah, this is the king's, like, right-hand man. This is the man yeah. that, like, is, like, they talk about war shit together, you know what I mean? And he just approved a middle finger <laughs> message to be sent along the way. So he hands that message down to the king. The king grabs the note and puts it down next to his plate of food. Does not open it yet. 
but he it, he does have it in his possession. Good. And, and on Freya, that note, I would uh, like to say that the note says love in Cena. <laughs> okay, good. You did sign it. Yes. Yeah. Well, XOXO. XO. Um, yep. I, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, um, as you are very proudly filling your plate with delicious foods and things uh you uh, uh go back to this uh freya you see your brother janice is filling his plate with all of his favorite things mostly the um meat proteins as opposed to bug proteins your brother has never really been a fan of bug proteins as great as they are for you and as like uh you know as much protein as it packs into a person and it is usually what fighters and warriors will choose because of just how much they can eat because of how like it's not incredibly filling but it's got so much protein in it but your brother hates bug protein so you uh press the digitate like fully like 30 centipede skewers onto his plate before he uh and as he's like getting ready to like sit down at like near the head of the table by your father he uh finally gets a look down at his plate that is just piled high with bugs uh and he looks like for a second he's gonna like fully throw up but he it looks like he kind of like catches it like in a not in a not a great way like puts his hand over his mouth and like kind of like see him kind of like swallow down a little, little bit uh and then uh he looks over to one of the servants and uh says like uh excuse me could you just take this plate from me thank you uh and uh the servant comes over and takes the plate, uh, the full plate of food, with nothing wrong with it, uh, takes it away and whisks it off to the kitchen so that Janice can make himself another plate. I'll leave him alone this time. Uh, so as you guys are sitting here, enjoying your foods, uh, enjoying your fruits, your proteins, your, you know, there's not really many vegetables that, uh, are out here, but there are some in the stew if you choose to have a heartier breakfast. Um, and as you, as the breakfast is kind of coming to a lull, the general, uh, steps up, uh, and, and is like, okay, it is about 7.30 right now. Uh, it's going to take you about 10 hours to get to the next town where we have somebody waiting to meet with you to provide you shelter, to provide you comfort, to provide you food, uh, to kind of also um, give you a little bit of insight of his life out there uh, and uh, just genuinely try and be as much help as he possibly can. So you all... Uh, as he continues to explain, he's like, you all will be heading uh, northwest of here, across uh, the moat, and then uh, kind of up the river to a small town called Cap Creek. 
Uh, there you will meet a ranger uh, who goes by the name of Thorpe, and he uh, will guide you into town uh, and help you all get comfortable. Is there any questions that you may have? Uh, yes. Um, General, if you don't mind me asking, or well, I was saying, you make this sound less than thrilling. <laughs> Sorry. Um, 10 hour walk, that is insane. Um, and you just expect us to just go out and leave. You're not going to escort us to the gate. You're not going to make sure we at least head off safely. Are you know, is there anything we like equipment you're going to need to give us? I mean, of course, of course. Um, we are not uh, just uh, sending you um, just from here. Like, this is not our goodbyes. We plan on walking you outside of the city's walls. We plan on walking you across the bridge, across the moat. Um, it's going to be myself, uh, the king, and Janice will be accompanying. Uh, I think, and he kind of like looks around a little bit uh, at uh, all of the other children, and they all kind of give a little bit of like a look and a nod over to uh, Felix, and Felix uh, continues on and says like, uh, as well as the children, the children will be there to say goodbye, um, and uh, we will be walking you out there. Uh, as far as like guidance, uh, they're really is not we don't have anybody that we can spare at the moment uh, who knows the woods enough unfortunately all of our trained guards really know the city better than they know the wilds uh however as far as direction goes uh you will be following the creek uh the uh the creek up uh in a northwestern you just keep following that uh that body of water all the way and you will run into Cap Creek. Uh, so there's really no possible way to get lost unless you purposely leave um, uh, away from the um, creek. Thank you. Uh, uh Sorry, I was just going to ask, um, CJ, would Encina know where Cap Creek is? Uh, you probably, uh, know probably, like, the general area in which it's located. Uh, uh, you probably haven't specifically been to Cap Creek. Uh, uh, and this also goes for, uh, any of my other town-hopping PCs. Uh, Cap Creek is a non-labeled town. It's not on any map or anything like that. It is more of a, like, uh, it's too small in a way to be put on a map, and they don't necessarily provide anything for the islands. So it's more like they live their joyous and wonderful life here in the Cap Creek, uh, and there's really not much of, like, monetary value there so like there wouldn't be any jobs or anything that would have led you to uh cat creek okay that makes sense but you would probably know like the general like location um in, in a way give me a, a a history check to see how much you remember surely what the fuck is my history oh great it's a negative one I think also, uh, Freddy, 
You can make that check if you'd like. It's a history check. Sure. Okay, history. not too bad. And Cena got a 14. 14 for Freddy. 15 for Freddy. And I think that's it. Um, actually, also, um, Noe can also give me the history check as well. So a 14, a 15. Much like her ramming, that is a history check of one. Oh, beautiful. Uh, lovely. So, uh, you are kind of still, like, uh, Noah, you're just kind of, like, swimming in all of this, like, new information. A lot of it that you kind of are, like, general, like, you know, kind of, like, generally aware of as somebody who has really kind of dealt with most of the political heavy things here in the castle alongside the general you kind of have a general idea like northwest sounds about right um but you can't really put any kind of like specifics on details with a 14 and a 15 however you know that the de directions that you were told are accurate that they live pretty much right on the creek uh that if you just follow the creek you will run right into it it is a little bit of a journey but uh for those roles beforehand you know that while there are quite a few like towns and little like settlements and things like here on the islands the big cities are kind of few and far between and the smaller cities like truly the small itty bitty like tiny towns the it, like small villages they don't really seem to last long they usually end up ghost towns interesting uh, but uh, the but the general assures you that we have had constant communication with Cap Creek. Thorpe is there and ready to receive you all. Um, and uh, hopefully he shows you a, um, a wonderful time. Uh, his uh, sending stone was quite exuberant. Uh, so I'm hoping that it may be a fun, uh, eventful night for you all. Eventful? Well, I am certainly looking forward to whatever this may have in store, good and or bad. Well, let's hope for good. I really Always. Bad. But if, uh, unless there's any more questions here, um, I would be happy to escort you one final time to grab your things. Um, and it, I believe it is probably just about time for us or for you to take off. Um, you want to make sure that you get to where you're going before the sun sets. Well, I'm ready to get going if the rest of you all are. I am more than ready to head out. It's been too long. We're off to get a flower. We're off All to right. Um, you, One whole you, fucking plant. A whole plant. The a journey whole for, ass plant. A whole plant. The journey for Nona's Grace begins with everybody 
stepping out of Lenloch. Some of you, for the first time in a very long time, uh, stepping out. The insides of the city are a normal urban kind of feel. There are sparse trees and things just for greenery, some shrubbery and things like this, but it is mostly buildings in there. It is mostly stone and structure. Uh, but as you all step outside of the walls, you see yourself just your entire field of vision is just trees as far as the eye can see of all different types there are big stocky oak trees and big weepy willows and big like tropical plants all over the place it's truly like an overgrown wonderland out there as you're all stepping through and as you're all kind of walking away from the comfortability of the uh, city and across the bridge, accompanied by the king, accompanied by the general, accompanied by the children, the royal children, as you all get to the end of the bridge and turn, McCuster says to you, so this is where it begins. After centuries and centuries of a prophecy and waiting for it to come true and waiting for our heroes to help us. I hope they can help us now. You have all of my best wishes for this journey. And I, I wish to see you all back safely. The king kind of stands there, kind of awkwardly, not really saying much. He's got his arm around the youngest of the sons here, not Pluto, but Arsis, and uh, kind of just giving him uh, what looks like very unemotional affection, um, just kind of trying to help keep him calm but also keep him in place as well. Um, Noe, will you please give me an insight check on your daughter? Of course. of course. That would be an 11. An 11. Mm-hmm. You, you look down your line of children, going down, giving them your sincerest I will see you soon as you don't necessarily want to say goodbye to them as you're walking up the line you get to Aphrodite you look at her face and you can tell that she is deeply saddened by your leaving you know she is your eldest daughter she is the first one to want to go and watch you practice down in the training field. The the first one to help you take care of your youngest. You know, she started helping you when Trivia was born. You know, helping take care and helping, like, take the load off to allow you to, like, 
have a moment you you see how much this young girl you know a young satyr like the equivalent of like a 16 year old is so 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 strong just like you you know her to be but you see the tears kind of welled up in her eyes as she tries to stand there strong next to felix No, it stops. And she knows how to hold her own tears back as she's looking at her daughter. And she slowly lifts her hand and places it on her own chest above her heart. And she looks at her daughter. My little wanderer, I'm not too far away. I'm going on my own adventure. And when I get back, though you will not believe me, we will go on our own. I promise you that. She, as you're speaking to her, she's like looking at her hand as it's placed on your chest and placed on your armor kind of looks into your eyes as her eyes are darting all over your face trying to hold on to this memory hold on to how you look now and how brave you are here in this moment and she holds up her other hand and holds her pinky out to you she says promise me you'll just come back Noe holds out her hand and slowly links her pinky around her daughter's. I promise you that I will always come back for you, Aphrodite. She uh, just leaps into a hug, just like wrapping her arms around your neck like clinging off of you like she's three years old again. Just like you can feel the tears like dropping from her cheeks onto your shoulders. And she um, is like, you can't break this promise. Aphrodite, this is one promise that I never want to break. She holds her daughter. And she knows she needs it. And maybe Noe needs it just as much as she does. You embrace each other. It feels like time has stopped in this moment as the hug seems to go on for a long time, even though moments have only passed. And you... She pulls away first. You allow her the opportunity to get as much of a hug as she needs. And she um, looks to you, smiles, wipes her tears away from her face, and cleans up her nose a little bit. And then um, turns 
to the rest of your children whom you've already said goodbye to and says, let's go build a fort. And all the kids erupt in like full joyousness, not quite understanding that like they're saying like goodbye, they're saying we'll see you again. You know, they're more excited about the like prospect of, oh, now we're doing something fun with our sister like we always do. And they all kind of run in. Um, uh, Janice um, quickly comes over to you, gives you a deep, deep hug, uh, puts his hands on your shoulders, uh, like looking you in the eyes, gives you a slight nod, and then turns and kind of walks inside. Uh, you, you know your oldest is not necessarily great with his emotions, uh, so you feel like this is, uh, it's not this... All of this didn't come out of a, like, coldness or a rigidness. You feel like this is him genuinely trying to work through the complicated emotions of, okay, well, now it's just me and my dad, and I like my dad, but I also know that my dad doesn't do much, so I'm kind of now don't know what to do kind of sense. Has he already walking away from her at this point completely? Or is he still close enough? No, you have an opportunity to speak before he pulls away. Janice, she's going to speak very softly. I need you as my son, not as the crown prince. I need you to look after your father and your siblings while I'm not here. I know that's a big ask, but can I count on you, Janice? He looks you deep in the eyes. And he says, I will do my best to hold him together. Janice, I need you to hold yourself together as well. Do you hear me? I hear you, Mom. I will... I'll stay strong. I'll stay strong for you. I'll stay strong... I'll stay strong for them. I'll stay strong for this country. Um, she's going to lift her hand up and just very briefly cup her son's face. And she, for a moment, it's like she's seen him like he's a baby all over again. And she smiles very sadly. Um, I believe in you, Janice. Believe in yourself. That's all I ask. And then she drops her hand away. And she gives him a nod. He, um, in the moment you place your hand up to his cheek, you know, kind of 
transporting back in time as you cradled your firstborn son, the heir to the crown when he was just a babe. And for a moment, you see him lean into it a little bit, kind of letting his inner child soak that in for a moment. And he opens his eyes as your hands leave his face. He gives you a deep mom, a deep nod. And he says, I won't let you down, mom. And he like turns quickly and starts to kind of like storm, a kind of like a like quick walk into the castle. You never let me down, Janice. But by that point, he's already... Yeah, he has taken off. And all you have in front of you saying goodbye is your husband, the general, and Pluto. Uh, who is nearest to her next in line? My husband? Yes, it would be your husband is next in line. She steps in front of Eros. And the, some of the warmth that she had with her children dissipates. But it's not a coldness as she regards him. And so she gives him a nod and a look of almost apprehension crosses her face. Are you ready for our departure, Eros? No, I'm not. But we need Nona's grace back as fast as we can get it. And if you and my son are the chosen ones, along with the rest of you, I am not going to fight with the gods. I'm ready for you to be back safe. And I am ready to protect our people, our children. You know, you know, Eros, I'm a fight for this world so our children don't have to. You know that, right? He give me an insight check. Sixteen. You can tell that there is kind of a flash of a deep shame that runs across his face as you say, do what is right for the people of this country. And he looks to you and he's like, I know you'll do great things. You've always been capable of great things. And you have been capable as well, Eros. Find it. He nods 
and takes a couple of steps backwards and walks towards the other end of the bridge to stand uh, next to Janice, who has stopped at the end of the bridge, um, uh, just kind of standing there with his back to you all currently. Um, and uh, you walk over to then your youngest, your infant, and the general who is got him uh, currently in his arms. That's uh, usually where, uh, if Pluto is not in your arms or in his bassinet, usually with Felix or his siblings, um, that child is very well taken care of and very well doted after. Um, and he looks at you, um, and knowing that you're going to be leaving for a while, first thing he does is put Pluto into your hands. At that moment, as her newborn has been passed off to her, she's going to cradle him to her chest and gently support his head with her hand. And as Queen, she is very good at hiding her emotions. But if you're looking closely, you might see tears begin to form in her eyes. And she adjusts her baby's head to rest over her heart so it may hear her heart beat for what she hopes isn't the last time. You hold Pluto close as you do your best to hold back the tears, the emotions of all of this. A tear starts to well up and roll down your cheek. The king, I mean, not the king, the general pulls a hanky out of his vest and wipes the tear away. And he's like, no, no, no. Don't go crying and ruining all that beautiful makeup you've done this morning. Felix. I... I'm trying to be strong enough. You are strong enough. You just have to remember again. She pulls herself together and she... With that, she kind of nods. And she knows he's right. And she locks her eyes with his. I don't know what I'm going to do without them or without you. She's very quiet. But I'm going to do my best to come back to you all. It won't be long before you're here again. Do you and promise we... that? Go ahead, go ahead. No. Can we guarantee that? I don't know 
There's not much of a guarantee on anything in life. But, my queen, you've got my highest of hopes, and I have every faith that you will be back here. Your children will be totally fine. You know I will take care of them. You know I will force your husband into taking care of them. Felix, Mintuna McCuster, I trust you not only with my own life, but with all of my children's. You do not have to reassure me of that. Um, she, she pauses before she digs into like the pocket of the armor she's wearing. And she'd like to pull out one of the sending stones Absolutely. that she has. And she'd like to reach out towards him and take his hand and place it in the center of his hand and close his fingers around it. As you place the sending stone into his hand and wrap his fingers around it, he also opens your hand and places something in it and closes it. And he's like, that way, there's a piece of each other with us. There always would have been regardless, General. And he takes a look at the sending stone uh, in his hand, uh, uh, realizing that you, uh, he's smart enough to kind of put two and two together to realize that you probably also have one so that you guys can keep in touch. Um, and, uh, do you look down at what he has given you? Yes, if I could take a quick peek. He has taken half of the puka necklace that you have given him and turn it into a bracelet for you both. No way. Clasp her hand around it very tightly before looking at him and sliding it over her wrist in front of him. He uh, takes Cluedo from you so that you can do that with ease. Yes. And then he's like, I believe it is time. You know the way. Up the creek should be 10 hours or less if you keep pace. And you will meet Thorpe. We will get he... there. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You're okay. Uh, he um, takes a step back to look at the rest of the party um, as you all are just kind of like watching a mother say goodbye to you know her family uh, Freya at, you know as the children are all kind of running off before they fully run away they do all come up and give you a group hug mm. 
Um, Janice does not. Um, <laughs> so Aphrodite or younger, they all come over for a yeah. like huge like group hug. Uh, and of course, you're tall and your children are your your siblings are younger than you. So it's yeah. like basically being like mobbed by like small people. Uh, yeah. And uh, so you're just overrun with all of your siblings just kind of hugging you just saying like i'm i'm so jealous you get to go out like you get that from aphrodite you uh see minerva kind of like gives you a little punch on the shoulder uh the uh the youngest arsis is like running in between your legs in a figure eight like fully stomping on your feet and everybody else's feet in the process uh but everybody gives you a group group hug and uh, before they all run inside to uh, enjoy the fort activities. Yeah. Um, and uh, General Felix McCuster looks out to all of you and he reiterates, he's like, should be 10 hours or less, follow the creek and you will come across Cap Creek. You'll become in contact with Thorpe and he will take care of you. He will give you all of the information about your next stop and who you're meeting there. This is all going to work. And I will see you all very soon. And he stands at attention and gives you all a salute. Um, I think at that moment, he looks, Freya looks at um, Felix and is like, Put the salute down for a moment. Um, um, he listens. And Freya unclasps a necklace that he wears with the symbol of Kaivalya on it and puts it around his neck and hugs him but not before or before he lets like before he gets walking after letting go of the hug he's going to step to the side of Felix looking at his brother and his father and he will spit on the ground and look at them and go You both have until we come back, or I will dethrone you myself. Is that understood? Um, they both kind of give you a, a singular understanding nod. Uh, the general holds on to his new chain with a symbol of a, like golden uh mask it is a full mask with just eye holes and uh it seems to be like dripping gold as well uh but it is not wet and it is not actually dripping um as you place this upon his neck he is very proud to wear this for you and he's like we will see you soon young prince yes and as he takes a few steps back 
and starts to head over in the general direction of King Eros and Crown Prince Janus as you all turn and face the wilds you are about to embark into. As you start to slowly creep your way away from the castle, you all just hear a God damn you! And uh, you turn around to see a very angry King Eros with a letter in his hand looking incredibly pissed off. Uh, and this is where we are going to end our session. <laughs> Could not have been oh better. God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Eat shit, bitch. I love Eat that so shit. much. CJ, um, that episode was impeccable, as always. It was, Thank as you. always. Oh, phenomenal. So what? Uh, I love this campaign. I love these characters. I'm loving all of your interactions so far. Uh, feel free to, uh, Derek, go ahead and why don't you oh. give us our little uh, outro. Yeah, of course. Um, thank you, everybody, for coming to listen. Thank you to all of our players coming to play and play along in this wonderful campaign that our wonderful DM is giving to us. Um, I would love to plug, um, pay attention to our social medias. We have a special um, project that has been announced already called The Story of Before that is being made and run by me, um, which is a completely guest star filled table um, where we tell the story of our creator gods um, prior to the creation of Saluna. Um, and I think at this point I can announce that Queers and Spears is coming back for a campaign two in the summer of 2023. Ooh. Um, bum, bum, so be prepared to defy the world, my friends. Um, Very is there, exciting. Is there anything else anybody would like to plug? Um, go right ahead. Now's the time to do it. I'd like to plug that King Arrows is a bitch. We all oh, yeah. Uh, yeah we're I'd, like to plug, I'd like to plug Casper Mattresses. Thank Not this. <laughs> They can plug. I, I will plug them when they yeah. send me a mattress. Yeah, we do need sponsors. So if people are listening to this, <laughs> headgum, headgum, if you're listening, we would uh, we would love to be a headgum podcast. So if you're listening, reach out to us. We've been in contact before, but you know, can never hurt. Sponsored, not sponsored by Five Gum. How it feels to chew Five Gum. <laughs> Oh, oh we, we are Ooh, also new flavor. On, um, we are also on Good Pods. It is a social media for podcasters that so you can see what we are listening to or like what the um what we post that we're listening to and everything like that. Um, we are on all of the platforms where you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Music, um, or sorry, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible. Um, iHeartRadio, um, and some other stuff that I forget. Oh, Samsung Podcast also. 
Um, so you guys can find us there. Um, and yeah, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we do have a uh, website slash Tumblr. It is not finished, finished yet. Um, so once it is, it is at a point where I am happy releasing it, the link will be put out. I think it is on our link tree anyway. You can follow us there. Uh, and we also have TikTok. Um, so we will see y'all around. See you next week for the next episode. See you bye, next y'all. week. Bye. 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 Bye.